0: my dream was really was to find another few lads that would meet up and play a game of football and uh, have a bit in common and you know uh, not not be the only person that stands out in the crowd like you know yeah. hi there
1: and welcome to another edition of the 1% better podcast with your host Rob O'Donohue
2: Hey folks welcome to what i was going to say was the 1% better podcast it is a podcast it is called one and i'm still pretty confident that you will take some positive learnings from it it is a actually a two-parter documentary That I have put together around the Irish Amputee Football Team's participation in the European Amputee Football Championships that took place in October of this year in Turkey. So, you heard at the very start, just before the music, Simon Baker. He did a little clip in of Simon. So, So, he's one of the founding fathers of the Irish Amputee Football Team and the association. And. You will hear from him during this episode or this part one of the uh, two-parter. I just wanted to whet your appetite with that. Simon has an amazing story. He has world records for running a marathon with one leg and he's uh, fundamentally involved in Irish amputee football and European amputee football. So great story to come from Simon. But maybe just to step back a little bit, the background as to where this all came from, I met with... David Saunders back in April we recorded an episode of the podcast episode 12 if you want to check it out there's a link in the show notes and it was one of the most listened to of the season one where you'll take a lot of positives from David's story. David is a man of huge resilience and also passionate about playing for his country for the Irish Amputee football team and uh, that really stuck with me over the summer and in around August time frame I reached out to David knowing that they were in preparation for the Euros that was taking place in Turkey and I wanted to see how they were going and approached them with the idea of maybe doing something like a little fly-in-the-wall documentary. I didn't get on the plane unfortunately to Turkey but the next best thing in that I met with some of the players in management in September in their training camp in UL and then I stayed in touch with them during the tournament and then we wrapped up. After the tournament. With some more conversations. Which uh, which you will hear. Uh, in, in part two. Part one is all about. The pre-tournament training camp. And getting a flavour from each of the players. And Nick Harrison their manager. Around their aspirations. Their objectives. Their goals. For the tournament. And certainly learn a little bit about. Uh, the Irish Amputee Football Association. From, from Simon. It was a really great experience to do the whole thing. It certainly Was a different approach. Something I haven't done before as I mentioned. But really rewarding. And I really hope you enjoy it. Just to to wrap up before I cut over to the clips with the players and management. I did say I called it one. One signifies certainly each player uh, on the team has lost a limb. So the outfield players have one leg. And the the goalkeeper has one arm. Uh, So we went with one from that perspective but much more than that one signifies the very much unified togetherness that the team had in achieving their goal of going as far as possible in the tournament and it also as i said signifies or symbolizes the togetherness that the team displayed playing ultimately for their country which is a huge honor for every member of of the team That's the the little bit of a story behind why we're calling it one. Uh, The team were certainly on board and were delighted that we're putting this together. Ultimately, if one or more new players came out of this documentary in that they heard it and got involved, that would be a huge success. But more more about that later. I'll finish it up there. I'm going to cut it over to the intros at the training camp in UL. I really hope you enjoy part one. Definitely come back for part two, which will be released in a few days. Thanks so much and enjoy. So it's Saturday, the 23rd of September. I am in the University of Limerick's Pavilion Sports Centre. And I am at uh, the Irish Amputee Football Team's training camp as they put their finishing touches to... Their preparations for the Euros, which are on in Turkey, uh, just in just a few weeks' time. It's my first time watching the guys train, and highly impressed by the skill level and the ability that the guys have. As I as I'm looking out right now, I'm looking forward to getting a sense from the guys today of what goes into the training camps and how the preparation has gone. Uh, Looking ahead to the actual Euros, what their expectations are They have a really strong team And I just had a conversation with their founder, Simon Baker uh, About how much it's progressed over the last few years So let's uh, listen to the conversation I had with Simon So I'm here with Simon Baker So Simon, thanks for taking the time out to have a chat Uh, Obviously in the middle of a training session First time watching training, looks pretty... Uh, competitive, I would say, as well, even in training.
0: Yeah, no, everyone, I mean, you, every one of these players is fighting for a starting place, do yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah, the competitive isn't here. Is there the team spirits there and everyone's wishing everyone on? But yeah, no, we're all trying to impress the coaches. Everyone wants to start and everyone wants to stay on the pitch. So,
2: so Simon, you're one of the founders, if not the. Would would you be called the father of the I- uh, AFA? Would that be fair? Ah, well,
0: I suppose. Look, yeah, I I came up with the brainwave here in Ireland and I set it up in 2011. But I've been lucky. I mean, I had uh, Christy McElliott, you know, and uh, I had a lot of people that opened a lot of doors for me, and that was it. But and then to find a, a bunch of players like this. Uh, six, seven years later, if I had to, went out and had to pick 13 players to come to Euros with me, I couldn't have picked 13 better players. you know.
2: And where did the actual idea really come from?
0: Uh, I, sure, I was in a dark place, and uh, as an amputee, when I lost my leg myself, uh, I was in a dark place, sport became my medicine. So after my accident, uh, and as I say, in a few places I didn't want to go, um, I suddenly realised that instead of taking tablets, you know, get out and do a bit of exercise. Yeah. But for me, the hardest thing was what exercise to do and as an amputee they want to stick me in a swimming pool or in a wheelchair and neither did I want to get into mm-hmm. and then I came across amputee football I did a marathon on crutches there in 2008 world record, uh, world record yeah, yeah, 6 hours 42 minutes um, play that. Uh, the following year I walked from Dublin to Limerick on the clutches 257 kilometres in 5 days right. and then I said I wanted to get into a sport so I found amputee football uh, found Christy McKellie found someone in the FAI and yeah. here we are 6 years later and took a great bunch of lads and I knew there was other people out there like me yeah. you know we don't People say to me, "How did some of them lose their legs?" And yeah, it's traumatic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't give a monkey's how they lost the yeah, leg. The fact yeah, is, yeah. you lost your leg and play football. That's all we talk about. Yeah. No one talks about, you know, how tough they've had. Everyone has a story. Yeah. Do you know, and, and as I always say, some are birth defects, some are uh, trauma, mm-hmm. and some are sort of illness. And, and at the end of the day, you know, we all have the one thing in common: football. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and just even before the accident happened, to you was sport and football a big thing in no, your life? I no, didn't, I didn't have time. I, sense, I, was, it, yeah? I was a
0: self-employed plasterer. Right. Um, I had fourteen lads working for me. I used to have my own business in Germany, um, and I was bloody good at what I did in plastering. Mm. So no, I didn't have time. My right. sport and the only way I, I worked six, seven days a week, and yeah. then I had a few pints on the weekend, and that was it. Like and walk the dog. Right. But uh, and my job was hard enough, so I didn't need sport. But now sport's been a great medicine for me now, and uh, you know the things and the. Uh, I mean, it's an old cliche, and people say, you know, would you change the life? Would you, you know? Do you regret? Of course, in the beginning, you say to yourself, "Why me?" You know, and you f- feel sorry for yourself. And yeah. but uh, no, no. Now I'm. If you offer me the last, to give up the last ten years, and you give me my leg back, no, nah, not in yeah. a million years, like you know.
2: It's it's, it's great to hear from talking with David and in the podcast as well. You know, his his message was very similar. Yeah. Uh, so when you set it up, what was what was your like, kind of dream or ambition or what how far uh, were you
0: thinking my dream was really was to find another few lads that would meet up and play a game of football and uh, have a bit in common and you know um, not not be the only person that stands out in the crowd like you know yeah, um, yeah sure I dream big I mean I everything I do with this Irish Amputee Football Association you know I, I treat it as though it's the senior international team it's mm. it, you know the only difference is Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane ain't, ain't coaching us yeah, yeah. but we have equally as good coaches um, you know, this is. I'm, I'm involved in the European Amputee Football Federation. I'm General Secretary. Okay. When we set this this European Championships up, even the draw, I right. wanted it as near to your UEFA draw. And if you yeah, look yeah, at it, yeah. it's been done very professionally. Exactly. The tournament will be done as though it's the European Championships. It is the European Championships. And it's the same whether it was uh, the UEFA European Championships or the European Amputee Football Championships. Everything. So what we've got to do as well as the founder then, we said, well, you know, we used to train once every uh, two weeks. And then we turned around and said, You know, oh, this is a lot of traveling for lads to train for once every two weeks. So then, how do we make it? If we start treating the lads like international athletes, then they're going to play like. So we get a deal, we go to a hotel, and we put them up in a good hotel, like, you know. And uh, we're lucky enough that people, I mean, these facilities in UL. You know, you know yourself, University right, yeah. of Limerick Sport and the sports, uh, UL Sport. I mean, professional athletes train here. Munster train here. Yeah. So when these lads are trained in the same grounds where Munster yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and many have come before and, and many great boxing matches and God knows what have been here, suddenly they feel like an international athlete. They have yeah. the facilities of an international athlete. So then they start playing and that was always my dream. Yeah. The other dream I brought my brainchild was, you know, right, if this has a future, where do we go? Well, let's start growing, getting the kids. Yeah. So if we start them off young, And then imagine now, and we have a couple of players who are 12, 13, by the time they come to the seniors, these are going to be serious. My dream is 2024, get uh, amputee football in the Paralympics. I'm very heavily involved in World Amputee Football Federation. I'm very outspoken in it. Uh, Some people get a bit upset with my things because... uh, Some people are in this sport because they... in, the, in, in, in committees and things like that because you know they like the, the media and everything that goes with it no me I can see this direction this di- this is going to be one of the best sports and once we get this in the Paralympics everyone says at the moment you know wheelchair rugby and all that because it's full contact smack smack yeah yeah This will be one of the most sold out sports. You know, we have a few things to tie up. You know, we need to put in banned substances. We need to have a classification system. There's a small sort of thing. The level of football being played across... I mean, you take Turkey. Mm. Turkey started today. Now, they have a 10-day training camp before the Euros. Do you know I mean? we I'd love us to be able sure, to do that, sure. You know what I mean? So, I mean? Are
2: they almost at a professional
0: level? Or is oh, yeah, they're, they're, paid. they're paid. They get paid. I mean, their right? leagues, they have over 500 players in their leagues and they have people coming right. in from all over. Uh, they're actually buying and taking good players. Now, they're on minimum wage, some sure, of them sure. like, you know, but it's actually got that big in Turkey now where they're bringing in players from Ghana, they're bringing in players from England, they're bringing in players high quality players like you know I mean we're even listening to some of our players say Geez, you know our younger players mm. might get to be able to go and play for a couple of years and yeah, yeah, in yeah. the league and stuff Maybe so yeah no it's great and it's. Prof- that's where you want it to go you know because if you want people to get involved they have to see that it's you know I mean, we won't make it as professional it's as hard and as tough as possible I want I mean I'm fighting at the moment 25 minutes a half it doesn't have it for me right, right, right. it needs to be 30-35 minutes yeah, maybe yeah. 40 minutes a half right. with roll on subs so we want to up the level again sure. and as I always say with the sport whenever I do, we do anything to it we want people to say wow not oh, ah yeah, you know? yeah, and we course. want people to pat you on the, on the back not the head yeah. you know? and we don't want people to say we're an inspiration everyone is, is, is an inspiration in their own right yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, how
2: much have you seen the team progress over the last few years because you uh, went yeah. to the World Cup in Mexico yeah, yeah. in what was that 2014 right So it's come on a lot, even the skill levels.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a total different.
2: I mean, the the, the
0: professionalism within the team now. You know, the backroom staff within the team. We were ready. We were a bit giddy, and we didn't know what to expect. You know, we were all excited. I mean, you think we went to the World Cup? We flew out 24 hours before we were going to kick a ball. You know, acclimatizing. Um, You know all this sort of thing. And as I said before, I mean, these lads give up 12 weekends Mm. a year. To yeah, come yeah. down here training. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. means for a lot of them they have to finish work on a Friday half day, yeah. uh, and they're here till probably three o'clock Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we ask the lads to give at least twelve days a year yeah. out of their annual leave. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. doesn't leave much time for family. You're talking so the commitment's there, but again they do it for one reason. They do for the love of the badge. And uh, as I say, we've 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 kids a junior academy. I mean, this year last year I brought forty kids from around Europe to uh, um, to Dublin right. and for a training camp and parents were saying to me oh we should have face paint in a- no no no, no. Right. this is a football training camp you, this is it, a- yeah. no, you know and kids did 15 hours training 5 yeah. years of age to 16 this year we took 60 kids to Poland uh, so yeah, that's you're growing the foundations, and the yeah. sport's just getting bigger and bigger. Uh, yeah, no, I feel honoured to be part of it. I'm retiring now, really? as of this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is year. your swan song. The, 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 yeah, the it's my last. It'll be my last, uh, last uh, time in an Irish jersey. And as an Englishman, it's I've been a very proud moment. You know, when I got my cap, I, I must admit I shed a tear. Mm-hmm. I stand there and we sing the Irish national anthem, and I, sh- I shed a tear. The passion and the pride doing that, and I'm very proud. You know, and Ireland's been very good to me. Uh, Even if, as an Englishman, if I did leave in the morning, there's always a bit of me here because my leg is... I lost my leg in Ireland, so there's always been. I'll always have a foot in Ireland somewhere. But uh, no, I'm very proud. And as I say, I'm I'm, leave, I'm moving on from the resigning as chairman, and I'm resigning as a player. Um, and then what I hope to do now is uh, I, more of my concentration now is going to be in the Europeans. I can give more time to driving that on. We have a good partnership with UEFA. We're part of their football social responsibility. We've just been guaranteed another four years. Uh, part of their f- football program there so we've just signed a new contract for four years, funding with them. So yeah, look, it's taking it to the next level.
2: Sounds you know, good. I know you're going to get back. Yeah, out lovely. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, t- thanks t- a million. So I'm here with Alan Ward. Alan, hello, Rob. How are you? Just uh, give yourself an introduction
3: there. Uh, I'm Alan Ward. I've working with the UL Sports and Recre- Recreation Department for the last 25 years. Yeah,
2: so you started quite young. You look, you only look about 35 yourself at this stage.
3: It's the, the the fountain of youth I've been drinking from, from a, for a while.
2: So we're here at the training session. It's probably the last camp, I guess, before the guys head
3: off for the Euros. Yeah, I believe so. It's the last camp here in Limerick anyway. Um, so they're here today and tomorrow, uh, just getting their final preparations before Istanbul. Yeah. And you were uh, we
2: were just talking there. I said it's probably a good opportunity to, to record. You were just going to tell us a little story about Simon and some of his uh, yeah.
3: inspirational stories. Well, my first encounter with Simon was when he approached us about um, doing a marathon, running the Dublin Marathon, and uh, he had at the time, and possibly still has, the world record for the fastest marathon walked on crutches. And the idea was that uh, he wanted to to run it, um, and was looking for our support at the UL Sport Arena. And I told him to go away for a while and we while we thought about it. Uh, so when he came back, what we'd actually done was not just give him the support of the facilities but we'd engage with other departments, like the physio department and the sports science guys and um, the education department, and we put together a team to um, monitor and to, to test him from a base right the way up through his training and up to the marathon. And uh, the project became known as Out on a Limb. But from that, became the he started getting interested in, in amputee soccer. So after a couple of months, we... Kind of joined forces, and Simon did a lot of the groundwork, and Dave Mahidi and myself, um, from the university point of view, got together, and we support them to form the UL Sport Amputee Football Club. Okay. So the boys go off and they play against their counterparts in Arsenal and Man City, and that, and uh, it's it's an amazing thing to see these fellas training. Mm. They come down to us periodically. They use us as their base they do their fitness training they do their um, tactical and technical work then out in the fields here yeah. and um, and then they represent UL Sport uh, in that English Amputee Football okay. League which is growing all the time and then from that we've seen a lot of the lads progress on to the Irish Amputee sure. Football Team and even from that again we've seen the junior boys coming down the kids coming down mm. and it's just growing and growing all the time and f- we are absolutely delighted to to partner with the amputees and to see this sport growing, it's phenomenal.
2: Yeah, talking to Simon just earlier, his passion is undoubted in every area of it. But yeah. I think, as he was saying, he's going to retire after the, the Euros and yeah. get more into the grassroots and getting the kids more involved. And I think that's, and, and in the European level as well, because he's firmly a believer that this should be a an Olympic sport in the future.
3: I would agree with him. Um, he's he's a character. He's very it's very hard to notice a guy like Simon Baker. He's a very persuasive individual, but. Mm. It's, it's his passion and, and the enthusiasm and you know Simon Baker is not in it for Simon Baker he's in it for the next generation of players coming through young fellas um, that want to wear and represent an Irish jersey perhaps or, or to get out and play sport and be active you know it's not about especially if you're an amputee it's not about sitting in a wheelchair now all day long every day it's get up and get out they don't want sympathy they want to, they want respect, I suppose, for yeah. their abilities rather than their disabilities, and amputee soccer is an absolutely fantastic example of that. Um, in fact, as a result of these little engagements with Simon mm. and with the team and things like that, we're actually now in the middle of a dialogue to start up a UL Sport Para Swim Team now, okay. which would focus a lot on amputees and um, and Paralympic swimming. But sure. like, it would include. Um, you know, other areas of Paralympic swimming as well. But all this is a knock on effect yeah. from our engagement with Simon Baker.
2: Yeah. It's great. Thanks so much That's for the awesome. insight there. Appreciate it. So I'm here with Nick Harrison who's the manager of the Irish uh, amputee football team. Would that be fair to say?
1: There's joint managers is myself and Declan Considine.
2: How long are you involved uh, with the team?
1: Um about four months now. I've I've been involved with the FAI's football for all program for nearly 10 years and i've known the lads and i've worked with them occasionally and done bits and pieces um, this is the first time i've actually been hands-on doing the coaching so okay. four months now seems like you know what you're doing you
2: how long are you in so you're you have uh, a license yeah
1: i'm an a license holder yeah um, and i've been with the FAI for 10 years the football for all program is the the part of the FAI where we're developing opportunities for people with disabilities kids adults um Give them the chance to play at whatever level suits them, whether it's four, or five-year-olds kids kicking around in a park, or it's adults at the elite level playing international football. So, ten years doing that. Ten
2: years. I, I had a look at your bio. So you have uh, you played with Aston Villa. You, when you were growing up,
1: you were with Salford as well. I was with Villa till I was about 17, and then uh, went off to college and studied. And after university, I played with Salford City and Solihull Moors who are both semi professional in the UK.
2: Yeah. And in those early years, even when in your playing days, did you always think management was a path for you?
1: I'm a I'm a secondary school PE teacher by trade, so right. I was doing it day to day with the kids I suppose and playing football at a reasonable level. I, I started to gain an interest in coaching and moved to Ireland ten years ago and got the job with the F E I and started finishing off my badges and, and going from there.
2: Okay. And as you are as you said, with the programme you're involved in has your, your I suppose your management style, your coaching style, have to be adapted
1: to to work with with this group? This group, not at all. Apart from a couple of rule changes, it's it's very close to the mainstream game. Um, we can we can set up similar shapes that we'd use, similar passing patterns, mm. very very similar. And um, the lads are at a fitness level where they can press and mm. they can work hard and defend correctly. So, not at all, but in other parts of what we do, in the blind football, for example, it's very important that you can't demonstrate, of course, so mm. you have to be very descriptive in the way you um, explain what you need players to do. Um, if you're working with deaf players, it's all about the demonstration. You can't be descriptive. Mm. Um, if you're working with wheelchair, powerchair players, um, it's a different type of format of the game. Um, they play four aside side, indoors, on a court, so that's, that's a big difference. But for this... Um, and the cerebral palsy team, which um, recently finished sixth in the World Cup, we are—it's um, very, very close to the mainstream game. Very little difference at all. Yeah, as, a, as, a,
2: as my first time watching the guys train, like, and it's—it's it's full on. You know, it's—it's uh, it's complete. You like somebody that loves football, you just kind of see football straight away. You don't—you don't see any other uh, challenges, I suppose, that that crop up. So the draw for the Euros is quite a tough one, from what I—I I believe.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm only newly to this. I've watched a lot of video. Russia are very, very effective, very fit, very strong men. They they play simple passes, but they have a really good shape and they're very strong and work hard. England, we played recently in the Polish Cup. We were very close until fatigue got the better of us in the last 15 minutes of the game. We're very confident, might be the wrong word, but I, I think we, we feel we can give England a really close game and maybe come out with a good result in that one mm. and then Greece we'd be expected to beat Greece but we're not taking any chances, we're looking at them as we are the other teams and putting a game plan together for them.
2: Yeah so obviously getting access to footage, videos doing a lot of research and sh- setting each Setting the team up for each game will be will be totally different or do you see similar patterns across the team? There are three, so obviously, being in the Euros, all European sides, is the style of play very different with each team?
1: yeah. yeah. some teams are direct. It's just like, like any form of football, some are direct and they'll have a big strong forward and they'll play into that forward and try and play off him. others will build from the back a bit like the, the Guardiola style of yeah. play and they'll try and build through midfield. So we have to make sure we know what they're doing and set up our team to defend in the, the correct way
2: okay and do you i suppose have your own style of of play that you can imprint on on this team easily is that something you can easily bring in
1: i wouldn't like to say i, I who was the guy at united recently there who had a, a really tough time the dutch fella his name escapes me but he was all about building from the back every pass had van to Hall, be van hal actually <laughs> man and you can get yourself in trouble doing that if you don't have other options right. so yeah we'll build from the back and we'll play through midfield and we've we've looked at patterns to do that mm. but we've no problem if we we feel that we have a, a strong forward James Boyle is exceptionally strong Alan Wall is quick both of them can cause problems if they're left one on one so we've no problem playing that pass as well mm.
2: and you have a game every day for the three, the three days that, that must be tough is it tough to kind of get everybody up again to the turnaround fitness levels yeah it is
1: i suppose it 's the old adage it 's the same for everybody we'll mm. all'll we'll all be in the same position um, the way it 's drawn with grease last with tired legs that may suit us a small bit, um, but yeah it 's the same for everyone we'll we 'll approach it as correctly as we can in that we as soon as we finish games we 'll get food into the lads they 'll get their rub downs we'll try and get them into the sea gladly we 're near the coast okay. and get them into the sea we can get ice baths do everything we possibly can to get them 24 hours later in fighting form. Yeah, and then so it, the
2: three group games is it the first the 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 top of every group that comes through or do you get placed?
1: Not quite. So top two will guarantee you go through, okay. and then it'll be the uh, the two best placed thirds. Um, so yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see how it pans out. I think we're quite confident that we will certainly get into into that top three wherever. Wherever it is, and we'll take it from there.
2: Okay, and I probably won't be putting this whole uh, documentary type thing I'm putting it together out till after the tournament. Okay. Uh, so it be interesting to just hear what,
1: what would you consider success in it? I think the team have been together long enough now that they've gone through that um, rabbit in the headlights stage and they've, they've been to World Cup, they've played in a couple of European competitions in Poland. So I think if, if we're not finishing in the top, in the top four places, they'll probably be disappointed. Now, it's it's elite competition. There's there's full time teams playing in yeah. this. I'm sure Simon yeah. said to yeah, you. There's lads who are training full time. Yeah. They're getting paid. They're training every day. We're getting together once every three or four weeks, trying to do a couple of days. Um, and it's different. And of course, you're a little bit behind in some ways. But um, I think we've enough talent in the squad. I think we're well enough organised that. that that, those top four places aren't out of the realms of possibility
2: and then you just never know what might happen it's like any tournament once you maybe get out of the group stages bit of luck goes your way you never know how it'll play
1: yeah that's it the lads have been working really hard since we came back from Poland three months ago there was definite fatigue levels when we got into the last couple of games Mm. and we had some harsh words and everybody realised that they have to work We can only get together once every three or four weeks. and So the lads have to do it themselves. So we've been monitoring that. They've been doing some fitness tests. But you never know. They may not be as fit as as they're saying. Some of them certainly are. Mm. I've, I've met some of them separately in small groups and they're flying fit. So if we have enough players who are fit enough and we can maintain intensity for 50 minutes every game, we really will cause problems for a lot of teams.
2: Mm. Will you be going in with the mentality? Yeah. Last question. I know you want to get no, back in this. <laughs> with the mentality to the guys that that they can win this. Do, do you do you want to instill that in them that they can actually win this?
1: I think we have we have to start in that in that way. Um, it soon becomes apparent when you you reach that level of competition, maybe how prepared some teams are and how many years they've been playing. Mm. You mentioned there, there's professional players, and and you don't want to be realistic. You don't want to be unrealistic yeah. either. Um, but yeah, you certainly go into it with, with those thoughts. If you, if we get a point against Russia, mm-hmm. if we beat England, suddenly everyone's looking at Ireland thinking, hang on a minute, these lads have finished second in their group. They've got a good draw. They can beat the next team ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's not out of the realms of possibility. We'll be realistic, of course. If results go against us, we realise that we'll we'll come back and we'll work again next time. We have months to go until we can, we can push in again and, and prepare for the next tournament brilliant Nick look thanks so much for taking the time you're
2: welcome. Uh, best of luck in the tournament I'm obviously rooting for the guys brilliant Thank thanks you. so much cheers awesome. thanks. hey I'm here with Kevin O'Rourke Kevin thanks for taking time out no problem at all. Kevin you're a, a Kinnegad man living in, in Munningar. we were just talking off, off air so it's not too down here in Limerick Take a couple of hours spin down
4: yeah it's just a couple of hours so it's not so bad I can do a bit of work on the Friday before I come down I'll you know, meet up with the lads then.
2: So, this is probably your last training camp before the Euros, is
4: it? It's our last training camp down here. Um, we're meeting next Friday uh, up in Dublin, and I think we'll have a, a day's training on, on the Saturday before we fly out on the Sunday. So, a few bits to go, go through down here, and then a bit of fine tuning, I suppose, next Saturday.
2: And is this your first?
4: International tournament with the
2: we're outside getting lots of atmospheric wind in here so it's all good. Uh, is this your first tournament with the team?
4: No, I've been part of the team since um, 2012. Uh, played my first tournament, I suppose, about two months after joining um, in Poland um, back in 2012, and then was part of the squad that went to the World Cup as well in um, in Mexico in 2014
2: so you've been with it for five years with the squad so how have you seen it develop and and grow over that period of time
4: um it looks it's it's amazing how much it has has changed um we've we've got more and more people interested in it and um, different types of people coming on board like um, you know strength and conditioning coaches um, high performance coaches even the you know Guys from the FAI, Nick and Decky coming in, obviously this year. Um, it's huge, and we've you get new players in, and you lose some players. Um, but I think the standard has come up. Um, I think through the tournaments we have played in, and particularly playing at the World Cup, we you know we've we've gained an awful lot of experience. We've seen a lot of a lot of teams, and we know better now. You know how we have to approach the game tactically. Maybe you know.
2: I chatted with Nick just there uh, earlier And uh, he seems like a well clued in guy He has uh, you know, done a lot of homework For, for the, the games coming up You've got a tough draw for the
4: Euros We've got a tough draw for the Euros We had a tough draw for the World Cup as well But I mean, you know It's it's a tough draw But it's great. It's great experience to play World champions um, Russia are the world champions, are they? They are, yeah They won the, that, that World Cup in Mexico Uh England <laughs> We're the old
2: enemy there, so
4: the old enemy and near neighbours, and you know we've we've played them an awful lot since since we we set up obviously because they're so close, you know. Um, we've played them back in in Poland there in just in June gone by as well. So uh, you know we kind of we know each other very well, so we know what to expect with them. So from that point of view, it's you know you do your homework and you and you be prepared for it, you know. Um, and then Greece, who are fairly new to it, so
2: yeah so so it's gonna to be tough certainly the objective what's the the team's objective do you think realistically or what's the ambition
4: the ambition i suppose is it's a twelve team tournament um top six really is is what i where i feel you know i i feel that's where we are it's a, just about going to that the tournament and proving that, you know. Um obviously you want to get into the knockout stages and from there anything is possible, you know. Um so I suppose that's the minimum requirement. It's 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 top six and and, you know, trying to look on it as, as positive as we can if we get the right draw, you know, we we'd beat anybody on our day, I think, you know.
2: So what what position do you play on yourself in the team?
4: You'll have to ask Nick that. <laughs> You're a bit of
2: a, a utility player, is
4: Yeah, I, I I started off, I suppose, as a more attacking player, and um, as time has has gone by, I've kind of dropped into a deeper midfield role. But I suppose it's it's up to Nick. I'll play wherever I'm 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 put, um, and I'm just happy to be you know part of the squad and
2: happy to be involved. Do you feel the training? I think Nick was saying you've probably had twelve of these camps. Is it over the last number of months?
4: Yeah, we well, see we've had an extra one, I suppose. This this month we kind of really ramped up this month, and we met twice down here, and we'll meet again um, next week. So, yeah, a lot a lot of a lot of camps, and uh, you do a lot of work on your own as well, as much as you possibly can, I suppose, because you, you know you want to be right for it. Is there there's obviously a high level of
2: fitness and physical preparation, mental preparation? Does that come into it as well? How 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 have you approached that? Is that something that is involved within the overall? Uh, preparation.
4: Um, I suppose this year, not so much. Um, but we we did have a high performance coach with us before Alan Heary and like he's still he's still in and out. Um, and I suppose he gave us the tools. So you know, we set goals for ourselves at, at the beginning of the year. I suppose if you're coming into a tournament as well, you'll you'll set goals, um, or even a training camp. Um, and it's I suppose it's working on the, those, and you know, as well as that, I suppose we. Nick is you know very focused on the football but also who we're playing against um, you know maybe watching a few videos and you know getting the head right in that way that you know what's, what's coming and and to be prepared for it you know
2: So you feel pretty well prepared everything you could have done you've done all set to go
4: I think so yeah feeling, feeling confident and you know positive about it as well it's a great experience it's you know It's not something that everybody gets to do and, you know, you just have to grab it with both hands, I suppose.
2: Excellent. Kevin, thanks so much and best of luck in the tournament. Thanks very much. David, great to be catching up again. I've talked to a few of the the team members and the management uh, getting ready for the Euros. How have things been going since we talked last, I guess, for you?
5: Mm, Things have been going very well, uh, Rob, I suppose. We're a little bit further down the line now alright and training is obviously even we're tapering off now at the moment like you know I know you're down today um, to do some interviews but what you'd see now today would be a bit unusual in that we're back at the hotel now we're having a good few hours off whereas normally we'd have less of a break and the intensity would be much higher so um, I suppose our our training is tapering down now um, the hard work is kind of in the bank so to speak and we're just trying to a lot of it now is fine tuning it's tactical stuff it's positioning it's how we're gonna play out from the back, the shape we're gonna use, the shape that other teams are going to use, um, how we think we can punish other teams, uh, where the strengths lay with other teams. And um, so that's that's kind of where we're at. But it's it's been it's been amazing. Like it's it's been a very positive journey for us. Um, and it's it's hard to believe it really crept up. We were only saying earlier there was a break in play or a break in our training and we were saying like we just can't believe how it's crept up on us since even Poland. We went to Poland there in June and we were kind of saying at that time oh, look we're kind of okay we've another 3 months or whatever it was at the time and now we're on the doorstep of a major tournament so um preparations have gone well but like everything there's a certain amount of not uncertainty but you're just hoping that that you know you're you're in peak condition going into the tournament and there's always a little bit of i think especially with something like amputee football because we don't have the luxury of playing guys week in week out there's always a little question mark over exactly where you're at as a team until you go and play that first game, if you know what I mean. yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, quite the first game, I think you're playing the world champions in the first game, right? So it's, when we talked back in, I guess it was probably end of April or so, Russia, roughly, yeah. the draw hadn't been made, so you've got Russia, England Greece. And, and Greece... Yeah you played england in in poland in the friendlies yeah, how did you you, you get on okay there
5: we did like i mean traditionally england have been one of the superpowers of empty football mainly because they've been on the go so long they're playing i think they're playing 20 odd years at this stage and they just have those kind of systems in place and they have the structures in place to be uh competitive at at the highest level we've always been way off them to being perfectly honest because we've just struggled against them and because of their um I suppose their ability and their technical level and like we were we were happy enough like to be honest it finished 3-0 in Poland but it's not a fair reflection of the game we went over with a fairly light squad um, we had our seven players on the field and through one thing or another between injuries and people's circumstances at the time we didn't have um, a huge bench so um, the game was nil all with six or seven minutes to go and uh, like we were holding them and to a large extent we were quite comfortable and I just think then the way amputee Football works at a side and the, the subs rotate on and off, mm-hmm. because we hadn't the luxury of bringing guys on and off to rest guys I think we literally just died a death in the last 10 minutes and our manager Nick was saying that you could ju- he could just see, see the energy drop off, we wouldn't have been as fit then either as we are now yeah. um, so look, I mean we did, we conceded the 3 goals in the last maybe 7, 8 minutes which sounds terrible but we kind of took a bit of solace from that, though they'll be further along in their journey as well mm-hmm. but um, I think they had a new fo- like normally they're look they're fundamentally they're good guys but they wouldn't have a huge amount of respect for us I think in terms of our football ability but you could just see it after that game they shook our hands of a certain amount of respect gained there and um, I don't think they'll fancy playing us I think they'll know now that like we're always quite physical anyway Um and it got extremely tasty in that game, and I think it's going to be, the bar will be raised now, I think it'll be even more physical, Um, so that'll be challenging, and we've Russia, who are the world champions in our very first game, Mm. Um, but the difference now is, you know, even a year or two ago, we would have been, like, really fearful of Russia, and that's the word I'd use, whereas now we're looking at them, and we're kind of saying, look, you know, they can be got at as well, and they have weaknesses, and um, like, we looked at them in 2014 in the World Cup, which we attended, and they won to go on to become world champions, and we were overawed by them. Whereas now, we've closed the gap in them a little bit. Listen, it's going to be, obviously, a huge, hugely difficult test for us. But, um, you know, we, we won't be going out just to try and keep it respectable. We feel we can maybe nick something there, you know, at least keep it tight. So, yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah.
2: You mentioned Nick there. So, Nick is the, the manager. I interviewed him earlier. Yeah. He's been involved for around four months or so. Yeah. What has he brought to the setup that might be different
5: from the past? Mm. I think well, there's there's Nick and there's also Declan Considine. Yeah. They're joint managers. Declan Declan um, was with us this morning as well. Um, Nick Nick has brought a huge amount of professionalism. Mm. Um, you know, Nick has an A license. He's an A license coach. Um, he played himself to a level. He played with Aston Villa um, as a young guy. Um, then he played semi-professional football thereafter, and. Um, I think what I like about Nick and what we all like about Nick is uh, Nick probably doesn't say all that much but he says the right thing at the right time and he's very calculated in what he says and Mm. he goes away and he's a real details guy so like you'll get an email from Nick during the week this is what we're going to be covering the weekend I want you to think about this Mm. I want you to watch this game so coming into camp because we only have the few days together it's actually important to be extremely organised and to have that footwork kind of done prior to meeting up mm. and that's what Nick brings he's also just very calm no matter what happens um, I suppose in the games in Poland you know at half time if a ten minute stretch Nick will actually go and he'll just let let us talk as a group for ourselves for a few minutes he'll be just doing up his notes then he'll come in and he'll deliver, deliver very clear concise messages mm. as regards where we're going well or what we need to work on for the second half mm. and um in a word, it's professionalism. That's what he's brought to, to the setup. Do you know. Yeah.
2: No, he definitely seems to have a good perspective. Even yeah. just for the few minutes yeah. we talked there, it uh, seems to be ch- tuned in. And yeah. I did call him his, the manager. But he was very quick to say he's a co-manager yeah. as well. Yeah. So unfortunately yeah. didn't get to meet Declan. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Hopefully yeah. we might chat to him we over the, over the, the journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would uh, be a successful tournament for you? So.
5: Um, look, we're we are. We're trying to be as positive as we can be. We definitely have probably one of the most challenging groups, if not the most challenging group in the whole thing. Um, so, you know, we mentioned we've Russia first, then England. Greece are relative newcomers. We'd be, obviously, we'd fancy our chances there. Um, top two will go through out of each group. But then the, the best two-thirds, if that makes sense, as regards goal difference and positioning, everything else will go through as well. Um, we'll go out with the mentality of to win every game. Um, we probably might have to be uh, sensible as regards that too though and not go gung-ho um, keep our shape, keep fairly disciplined and um, just keep it, keep it tight against, especially against Russia, um, England would probably be able to go and have a bit more of a go at them um, and we're very hopeful that we can get out of the group stages and then all of a sudden you're in the quarter-final and there's, a, there's another draw and anything can happen um, regardless of what happens we're going to play six games in seven days uh, because yeah. even if we don't get through or don't get out of the group and we're not even thinking of that but if it doesn't happen yeah. we're kind of entered into another not competition but just the guys that don't get through will play. Will play be another draw again mm-hmm. so we're going to play six games in seven days so a lot of our like a lot of our training you know, at the moment is around conditioning and just um, even now we're back at the hotel there's a big focus on recovery for the afternoon session it'll be the same over there We'll be told when we get off the pitch, we'll be told what to eat, what to drink, what the plan is as regards to rest and recovery. We know that there's uh, the beach is nearby uh, in Turkey where we're going to. Mm-hmm. I think there's plans to go there for recovery, dips in the sea and stuff like that. You're just getting ready for the next day. And that's the thing about tournament football it's not just a one off game. You have to, no matter how it goes, you have to either pick yourself up or manage expectations or you have to bring yourself down maybe after a win and you have the next day you're going again. So like, it is going to be mentally and physically. Training. Um, like last weekend, actually, we did a very unusual thing. I don't know if any of the guys mentioned it. To you, we went up to Dublin and we worked with Dublin Fire Brigade. Nice. And uh, one of our players, Christy McEligot, was on the program Operation Transformation, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a link with Dublin Fire Brigade uh, on that program. So um, they arranged a kind of a setup for us where we were going through um, basically a mental and physical challenge. So we were doing things like pulling fire trucks, we were hoisting lads up towers putting out fires Mm. and a lot of that was like the management as well they were involved both of the guys got involved Declan and Nick but they were also equally they gave a speedy back this morning they were seeing how we'd react in those kind of situations and one of the things that they had to say was that despite high-pressure situations, nobody cracked, or there was there wasn't a crossword. You know, it was we worked well as a team. And then in the afternoon, we had a game of football against the Brigade guys, so there was a football element, obviously. But um, we're kind of doing little things like that that we feel might just give us a bit of an edge, um, and as well that obviously helps with the conditioning and the fitness aspect of things. But um, it's going to be intense and it's going to be attritional. But like that's exactly what we've been training for for the past you know year I suppose and if you want to look beyond that a lot of the guys you see in this team now are playing like I'm playing myself, it's about, I think I'm playing six years at this stage, mm-hmm. you know, um, we kind of know, I think there was a certain amount of giddiness prior to the World Cup in 2014, yeah. and part of that was because like we didn't know what to expect, or we didn't know what I was, we were getting ourselves in for, mm-hmm. and we also probably didn't appreciate the level, really, or the reality of where these guys are at, some of these other teams. So we went over there, we got a rude awakening, and it was a baptism of fire, but it was the best thing that ever happened to us, because suddenly then, you come back and you have a huge focus, and now we're not—we're no longer whipping boys. Now we're—we're we're kind of—we've become a team that are seen as being quite resilient, strong defensively, um, physical, and no team really wants to play us, which is a nice—it's a nice reputation to have, which mm. is you know something we're going to use, you know, yeah. to the best of our ability. Yeah. yeah,
2: sounds like great progress has been made. So, mm. um, so David, look, I'm. You need to recover no, for your your uh, your next session. Yeah, I'm looking forward to staying in touch over the next few mm-hmm. weeks as you. That you, would be great. As you get over yeah. there. I know you have games every day, but uh, it'd be great to, to yeah. connect as yeah. as it progresses.
5: Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll Skype or we'll talk, and we'll we'll have we'll have feedback after. Definitely some of the games. Um, yeah. but equally, I would just like to thank yourself, Rob, for taking interest in this. Um, you know, it's 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 it just means a lot to us that somebody like yourself and I know you, your podcast show has gained traction and it's become very successful so that you take time out, come up and meet the guys, it means it means a lot to them as well. Yeah. And it gives us a platform and um, we, we really appreciate the coverage. No, I'm delighted
2: to be part
5: of it. A yeah. big
2: football fan and yeah. it's yeah. it's a way of connecting in with something that's a national you know, yeah. national team, which is great. So yeah. uh, delighted to be part of it. Looking forward to Brilliant. The, uh, the whole learning from yeah. the tournament yeah. and, and documenting it as well it's exactly. and it
5: is look it's going to be a journey and it's going to be an emotional one I'd say good or bad and it's just a matter of it's just a matter of now it's like the hard work is done we're just kind of at this stage you kind of want to get over it over there you yeah. know yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. going to be a tricky week now you're trying to manage yourself manage your training we'll be just doing very light training this week and you'll be packing your bag getting your gear ready and like you nearly just want to be there and get it started because there's just all that energy it's just a matter of and that kind of goes the minute the, fir- the whistle blows to start the first game that kind of nervous excitement kind of goes and you're focused so yeah. that's what we're aiming for now at this stage yeah, yeah.
2: like any camp I guess and any build yeah. up to any major tournament there's that yeah. nervous energy yeah. that you just can't wait to get out there exactly uh, yeah and it's just yeah. down to the management team and all that to, to harness that and make sure you don't go crazy in the first five minutes of the first exactly, game and yeah. try and, Take some Russians out of the, <laughs> the equation, like but, uh, exactly. Yeah. No, look, David. Thanks so much. No, um, thank you, Rob. We'll be yeah. we'll be in touch, and I look forward to hearing more from you the next week or so. Brilliant. Thanks, man. thanks. Cheers. Hey, so that's part one of the documentary. One, I hope you really got a good sense from the clips what the hopes and aspirations were from the team and management going to the Euros in Turkey. And you've only a few days to wait before I release part two. If you want to check out some more details around. The Irish Amputee Football Association, their website is in the show notes, as is the link to their Facebook page or group, so you can check that out there. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Please subscribe to my podcast, and if you want to follow on Twitter or Instagram or any of those socials on Facebook, please do so. Uh, I'd love to hear feedback. As I said, this is a a new departure, something to try. Uh, I'd love to see if uh, it hit the spot. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.
3: And we'll and we'll go and we'll do our best. we we'll put them under pressure.